And uh, just want you to turn around to somebody that can just remind them the Lord is risen. Okay. Just them, just them know the Lord is risen. That's right. And then you say back that he's risen indeed. Uh, that's right. Um, hey, Gene. Lord is risen. Really? You know, I saw... He was? Boy. Yeah. He's always... He's always right on time, even if it's early. We serve a right on time God, right? All right. Father, in the name of Jesus... In the face of your glorious plan for us. Sometimes it'd just be better if we didn't say anything. Except, Lord, let your will not mine be done. To just say, Lord, it's your kingdom it's your power for your glory let your kingdom come let your will be done Lord just move us out of the way deliver us of assumptions and opinions and ambitions just reduce us Lord to faith and to hope and to love and let us just Stand in awe of who you are and what you're doing. We surrender to you now in this moment. Lord Jesus, come and just move in our hearts. We ask it in your name. Amen. Um, this, is my, this is my new favorite picture. Check that out, huh? Right? Isn't that isn't isn't awesome? <clears throat> Don't you worry, he's on his way. Wow. That's... I don't know if... You don't see... All the movies that are, you know, Hollywood's made about the life of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus... You don't see this, right? It's like you either you get there and the stone's already rolled away, uh, or you, or maybe Jesus is sort of, ooh, he's kind of walking around in some sort of ethereal garment and in the garden, and he's looking all like super holy and saying, "Mary, you can't touch me yet because I haven't gone to be with the Father." And it's like, well, that's really cool. Maybe he's got this little glow. You don't see, <coughs> you don't see. Uh, you don't see Jesus kicking the stone down, right? That's, this is what resurrection power looks like. You think when, when the, the power that created the universe filled that cave and brought Jesus back from the dead, that it was just like, Um, it was like, 
and the soldiers on the outside were completely knocked out by the shockwave. This, I just wanted to get this image, this resurrection power. This is much more evocative of what resurrection power looks like than what we imagine, if we imagined it at all. So now I'm going to... I'm going to take you back to the first century. Um, We need to talk about the way the gospel was preached. Um, Paul and Peter, and I think a lot of those guys who preached the gospel, guys and girls who preached the gospel at first century, uh, had a standard stump sermon. You ever heard of... You know what a stump speech is? Politician's stump speech. It's, their, it's like there are four talking points that if you woke them up out of a dead sleep, uh, a, politician could, a well-trained politician could just stand right up and say their same campaign themes. Bang, bang, bang. They, you can hear them say the same thing uh, in, a cafe, in a cafe, in a little town. You, you hear them say it on, uh, on the the local news station, you see it in the newspaper, they say the same four things over and over again. That's their stump speech. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and uh, if you ever seen, like, you ever seen a politician being interviewed uh, and, like, they'll be asked a question um, and then the answer that they give doesn't have anything at all to do with the question? You know Why? Because they're giving you their stump speech. They only want you to hear what they want you to hear. They don't care what your question is. They're just looking for an opportunity to shut you up so that they can say their stump speech over again. All right? Well, Paul and Peter and those early disciples, they had a stump sermon. And um, it didn't matter that they said the same thing over and over again because, first of all, it was brand new and nobody in the whole world had heard it. Uh, but it's also the most important step to preach. Um, so everywhere they went, they, they shared some version of this sermon. And I'm going to just tee up what we're going to do today by, by playing some of this back to you. Uh, in Acts chapter 13, uh, I didn't put the whole sermon in here. Uh, Peter preached a version of it in Acts chapter 2. Now we have Paul's version of it in Acts chapter uh, 13. But it starts... With way back, with Abraham and then Moses and and Paul's telling these people, you know, like the entire history of the Jews and <coughs> and everything they went through and and who who Jesus was and I don't know how long the sermon took. It's like there wasn't anything good on TV. They weren't missing the cowboys or anything like that. So might as well just sit there and listen to Paul preach. It, it goes on and on and on. And finally, uh, so they. they There's the whole historical part. And then it gets to this. Brethren, sons of Abraham's family, and those among you who fear God, to us the message of this salvation has been sent. He's preaching this in a synagogue. So there's a lot of Jews there and a lot of what are called God-fearers. People who would like to be Jews, except it was just too complicated. So they went and they heard heard about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they weren't going to do some of the weird Jewish stuff. So, brethren... Sons of Abraham's family and those among you who fear God, but you're not exactly Jews, to us, now to us, he's referring to the disciples, to us the message of this salvation has been sent. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, now he's wrapping up his sermon, 
For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, recognizing neither him, Jesus, nor the utterances of the prophets, which were read every Sabbath, fulfilled these uh, things about him by condemning him. And though they found no ground for putting him to death, they asked Pilate that he be executed. And when they had carried out all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the cross and they laid him in a tomb. Found no ground for putting him to death, but they executed him anyhow. They put him down from a cross and they stuck him in a tomb. But wait. God raised him from the dead. And for many days he appeared to those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, the very ones who are now witnesses to the people. (coughs) Every sermon that was preached in the early days of the church started with the history of the Jewish people and ended up with the death and resurrection of Jesus. This happened and this happened and this happened and this happened and then Jesus came and then Jesus preached and then Jesus got arrested and then Jesus was killed, crucified, dead as a doornail, in the tomb, three days later, surprise! Bum, 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 boom. Uh, God raised him from the dead. Now, uh, from this point, then we get the wrap-up, which was, I've, I've labeled this, we've been in the book of Acts, so uh, uh, this is called the, like the Antioch Declaration. Because after he says God raised him from the dead, he goes on and he says this, Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through him, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, Jesus who died and has been raised from the dead, forgiveness of sins is now proclaimed to you. Because, because why? Jesus died on the cross. Why? To cancel out the sins of the whole world. Jesus died. He was raised from the dead. And your sins are now forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Your sin- Cameron, your sins are forgiven. Don't give me that look. Uh, <coughs> your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus died on the cross, and your sins are now forgiven. Your sins are now forgiven. But wait, there's more. And through him, everyone who believes, if you believe in Jesus, not only are your sins forgiven, This is the mind-blowing part. This is so incredible. Through him, everyone who believes is freed from all the things from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses. All of those years that you've been trying to make God happy by do better, try harder, and keep these rules, and keep these rules, and make these sacrifices, and show up for these holidays, and keep doing that stuff, and tithe the mint and the dill and the cumin and all that stuff... All those things that we've been doing all these years hasn't set us free from anything. It's just turned us into a crazy person. But you, by putting your faith in Jesus and receiving His love and His presence and His forgiveness and His power, you are now freed from all things that the law of Moses could never set you free from anyhow. Mind-blowing stuff. You know, Paul, for instance, he had a secret he struggled with for a long time. He kind of shares it in Romans chapter 7. Paul, who worked so hard to keep the law perfectly, 
He had some stuff going on that nobody knew about. There's some, you know, there's some things that go on in your life that nobody really knows about but you and Jesus. Paul's happened to be, he referenced it as uh, coveting. Uh, he didn't even know there was coveting. Then he found out about the law. The law said coveting is bad. And all of a sudden, Paul realized that he was coveting stuff all the time. And he couldn't stop himself. It was like, oh, oh, not up. Oh, don't stop that. I mean, just because stuff that goes on up here, that's. Don't, don't think about a pink elephant. Too late. Uh, the stuff that we struggle with up here, the devil just hits it with us all the time. Paul could keep the outward stuff, the rules pretty good, but the inward stuff, he struggled with it just like everybody else. And, and it almost drove him crazy. In Romans 7, he, just, he almost has a nervous breakdown before he finally is able to proclaim that he is set free uh, because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yes, he, he still struggles with coveting, apparently, but he's set free because there's no condemnation if you're in Jesus anymore. And it gives you the grace and the power to rise above those things that you still struggle with. Uh, so, in this last bit, Continue in the grace of God. So the Antioch Declaration says, because Jesus has been raised from the dead, your sins are forgiven. Uh, you are freed even from the stuff which you could not be freed by keeping the law of Moses. And all he asks of us is to continue in the grace of God. Continue in the, just continue to trust God. Continue to rest in his love and his patience and power. Continue to let him live his life through you. Continue in the grace of God. Instead of continuing in fear or continuing in bitterness or continuing in anger or continuing in lust or continuing in frustration or continuing in unforgiveness, continue in grace. Continue in the grace of God while he finishes working his plan for you. <clears throat> right. So but this is the good part. This is what pulls it all together. Where's... Um, as Paul preached his stump speech, he had a strategy. Paul's stump speech, he explains in 1 Corinthians 2. When I came to you, brethren, I didn't come with superiority of speech or wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay, so there's his stump message right there. He's, he's, he's squeezed it together. All I wanted to do was tell you about Jesus, about him being crucified and raised from the dead. I, just wanted, to know, I, I wanted you to know who Jesus was and what God has done through him. Because basically I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message wasn't a fancy message. My pre- preaching was not persuasive words of wisdom. Instead, I just wanted to tell you about Jesus and then let the Holy Spirit show up and demonstrate God's power. I wanted it to be the demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. How many people do you suppose have a, a faith of a sort in Jesus today, but it's mostly based on the wisdom of men? They read a book about Jesus, somebody told them about Jesus, and you know, and they said, you know, that, that makes sense. I think I'll go ahead and just believe that Jesus was the Son of God because the evidence, is, the evidence that demands a verdict. Okay? It just made logical sense. 
at some point, you have to have an encounter with the life of Jesus. You have to have... You have to have an encounter with the presence and power of God or it's all in your head. And Paul said, I don't want to talk you into becoming a Christian. I don't want to have a better argument than you do so that you finally have to say, well, Paul, I, I guess you, you're smarter than me. I'll go ahead and accept what you say about Jesus and let's go get baptized. Now, it, Paul just said, I don't want to... I want to give you the basics. I want to get out of the way. I want the Holy Spirit to show up. I want the power of God to be demonstrated so that you could say, Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I wasn't just touched by Paul just now. I was touched by the power of God. I was touched by the power of God. I know it's real because it happened to me. This is back in Romans chapter 8. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, you don't belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, then even if your body has been corrupted because of sin, your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body. Here and now, he'll give life to your bodies here and now in this life through his spirit who dwells in you. (coughs) This is a complicated uh, Greek sentence construction. But what it basically boils down to is this. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Remember the picture? Pushing the stone away. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead with that power is now dwelling in you. The same spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is dwelling in Anna. Okay, so did you see that, that, that spark that just kind of, the power of God just sparked off of her just now. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. How much power was there when, when, he, when Jesus was raised from the dead? Did you see that picture? That was a, that was a GoPro in the, in the tomb at the time. Uh, that's what it looked like. Did you see that power? That same power is dwelling in you. The same power that rolled the stone away, the same power that brought Jesus Christ from the dead is dwelling in you. He raised Christ Jesus from the dead. It's giving life, life to your body here and now. It's not saving it up for when you get to heaven and then you'll have power. It's now the same spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. As far as I'm concerned, I'm, while well, I'm forever grateful for Jesus dying on the cross to pay for our sins, and, the, and one of these days we will cross over into glory and we will live in, in a... Life at a level that I can't even describe to you now. But one of the things that sometimes gets overlooked is that that resurrection power. Not just, you know, I was so inspired about Jesus dying on the cross to pay for my sins. I'm going to go out and try harder now. I'm going to go out and I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to make myself a better person and try extra hard. Because I'm just so grateful for Jesus dying on the cross to pay for my sins. You missed the point. Because the point is, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead 
is dwelling in you. Dwelling in you, dwelling in you. And the same power that moved the stone is flowing in you. Jesus didn't want to wait for you to get to heaven and then and then you experience resurrection power. It was resurrection power that brought him back so he could share resurrection power with you. Whew. All right. So, hey, turn around to somebody right now and say, hey, the same spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. All right. All you people in the back row, same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is dwelling in you. Right? Got that? All right. Okay. You had to come all the way from Oklahoma just to find that out. And incidentally, you don't even win the prize for the people who came the farthest. Amy, raise your hand. Amy came from Washington State. So you get the consolation prize. You get the leftover donuts. Uh, the same spirit, Gene, yes, tell Mike, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Okay, that's right. Okay, that's right. That's right. Um, you are now, free- wait, did I? Go- you are now freed from all the things from which you could not be freed through the power, th- through the law of Moses. We don't. We haven't probably tried to just live by the law of Moses in a long time. Well, the Ten Commandments are pretty good, but we're we're not probably doing a lot of the Deuteronomy, Levitical laws these days. But we're doing our own version of it. We all have our own little code. And if I could only just do this better, if I could only be more faithful at this, and if I could only do this, I want to do something. I I love Jesus. He's done so much for me. I want to do something for Him. And in the back of my mind, we play this little game. Jesus would love me even more if I was just better. At some of these things, so we, so we, it, it's it's not that we, uh, it's wrong to live lives that honor God. So I, I, I never want you to get that impression. But even our best efforts, not only are they not needed because Jesus is God's best effort, but the best efforts of doing if, whenever we start doing things out of obligation. Instead of gratitude, we get trapped. We, f- we end up eventually failing. We either fail or we succeed in a way that makes us really proud. That I finally got that right. Hey, I got it right. I mean, what's wrong with you? you? You ought to be able to get that right too. I finally got that right. I had a quiet time every day this week. You know what? That's not so hard. What's wrong with the other people that didn't get to have a quiet time every day this week? So sometimes we succeed at our little codes and it makes us feel like we're something that we're not. Or, more likely, we, we had a quiet time once last week and once last year and we feel like, I'm just, I'm never going to measure up. Never. You are now freed from all the things from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses. 
All those places where you still fail. All those places where you still feel trapped. All those places where you're trying harder and not making any progress. All those places where I can't believe I'm going through this again. I prayed about this and I prayed about this and I'm still trapped. I'm still stuck. How long is this going to last? The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is ready to break those chains off of you. Give up trying to make it happen and surrender to God who is... Making it happen in you. The power that conquered death is now flowing in you to break every other chain that is holding you back and dragging you down. And maybe it's something in you. Maybe it's something that you're dealing with uh, on the outside. Maybe it's lifelong patterns. Maybe it's broken relationships. I can't, even t- I can't even tell you. Maybe you've got bitterness that you're dealing with. Maybe you've got a, a physical infirmity. Uh, the stuff that we're trying so hard to climb on top of and get a victory over... The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is available to break those chains. So, that should say break every chain, but I guess it didn't fell off of the slide. That's okay. Break every... So, so let's just fill in the blanks. Everybody say break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Sometimes it begins by realizing that the power of God in you is sufficient. For Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. That's right. We can do all things when through Christ who strengthens us. The resurrection power of Christ here and now. Jesus, when Jesus uh, was raised from the dead... His, his goal from that point on was to go and sit at the right hand of the Father so that the Holy Spirit could come and flow in each of you, in each of us, and release in our lives resurrection power to break chains, to break chains. And I don't know what kind of chains you're dealing with right now, but I know the power of God is present to break Maybe it's generational. Maybe it's something that's been going on in your family forever and you're just the latest victim of it. There are, there are stuff, things that just happen that God wants to set us free from. Uh, and Sometimes it's just a matter of stepping up and saying, I have chains, I'm ready for them to be broken. Uh, if you've got chains, you're ready for them to be broken. i got chains, you're ready for them to be broken. All right, All right. that's right. So here's what I want to do. There's a song. Um, 